0: Hi everybody, and welcome back to this week's edition of This Woman Can. Don't those weeks go really, really quickly? Well, I have a fantastic interview for you today with Laurel Rutledge. Now, if the name sounds familiar and you have been following me on LinkedIn with the Black Female and 50, the Power Trifecta uh, LinkedIn Lives I've been doing, then you will know that Laurel was part of my first panel for the first show. If you didn't get to hear it, you can catch it on YouTube. I'll put a link in the show notes. Or wherever you're listening to uh, the podcast right now, you can nip back to listen to the episode Black Female and 50, where we talked about what being in your 50s, how fabulous it is being in your 50s, and what it means to be part of that power trifecta. So, you know, I couldn't resist the resist the opportunity to interview Laurel more one-on-one. And this interview, it may only be 30 minutes long, but it is absolutely packed, jam-packed with so many gems, so many takeaways that, you know, they're just too numerous to kind of shout out. So I'd love to hear what you think about this week's episode. Don't forget, you can always drop me a line at info at janissutherland.com Or you can hit me on all the socials, I am Janice Sutherland, and share what your takeaways were from this episode. As always, I'll share a little bit of mine at the end, but I want you to grab that drink, as I always say, put your feet up, relax, and just take in the gems from my guest this week, Laurel Rutledge. Oh, and I almost forgot. Stay tuned. Listen in right to the end where I've got a great announcement to make. It's something um, that members of the This Woman Can community have been asking me for for a while. And now I'm pleased to say I'm making it happen. So stay tuned to the end and find out. Hey, everybody. Welcome to This Woman Can. I am your host, Janice Sutherland, career strategist for the woman of colour over 40. Now, my guest this week is a kindred spirit as we work in the same field, and looking at her bio, we've had very similar transitions out of corporate. Laurel Rutledge is founder and CEO of LKR Group LLC and laurelrutledge.com. She's a career and leadership transformation expert and HR strategist. During her extensive career, she has built global teams, developed and coached leaders, implemented large-scale projects, and effectively managed broad organizational change. Laurel has held several senior corporate roles, including VP and global head of HR strategy and analytics, plus senior roles in internal audit, consulting, and risk management. Her global experience has given her a perspective that enables her to effectively coach individuals from the plant to the boardroom. One other guy, One of her guiding principles is: people will listen to what you say, but they will believe what you do. In addition, this is why I say we're on similar paths. She's the host of the weekly radio show and podcast, both named the Rutledge Perspective, focused on small business human resources and career and leadership transformation topics. Whoa, Laurel,
1: Laurel, I love that bio. How are you? Welcome to This Woman Can. I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to have this conversation. I've just been waiting all week to have this conversation. (laughs) Fantastic. So we've just
0: heard about your bio and your corporate and now you're on entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. So tell the
1: audience and listeners a little bit about your journey and how you got to where you are today. Sure. And, you know, I the big thing I like to tell people about my journey is use it as an example of, just say yes. Sometimes just say yes. So, you know, my undergrad is in accounting. That's where I started out. And, and I did that because I really wanted to do psychology. And my dad was like, baby, I love you, but you got to get a job when you got to get out of college. And so I took an accounting class, right. And I could do it and it was okay. And so I did accounting and got out and got into oil and gas, right. In, in Texas in the nineties, which was horrible. Right. So they hired five of us new. And in five months are like, we're so sorry. Right. So that really started my journey into knowing that, yeah, accounting's OK, but I get bored doing that same yeah, thing every yeah. month. I can't do that. And that's when I got introduced to more the, the logistics and operations mm-hmm. and supply chain and started mm-hmm. doing internal audit for the first time at my next role. And then I knew when I got out of undergrad, I knew I wanted to go to grad school. So I worked for about three years because that's what the close the schools yeah. I wanted to go to. The average yeah. was three years. Right. Yeah. So did my research. So I went back to grad school and did operations and in international business. And I knew I wanted to be functionally fluent in Spanish. And mm-hmm. so I finished it at ESADE in Barcelona. Okay. And three of my four classes were in, in Spanish. And I started learning Spanish about a month before I got over to, <laughs> to Barcelona. Yeah. Now, I had learned French for years, right? I took yeah. years, but I'm a Texan. Yeah. We're not going to use it, right? So, But it helped me with my Spanish. And so, you know, after that, I got into consulting and, and internal audit. And what I've realized for my journey is, even though every time I moved, I was like, "Uh, I don't know. The only reason I moved is because I knew what I was doing then wasn't what I wanted to do. I was in the board or I was working with people that I just didn't want to work with anymore. Mm. There was something that was an impetus that said, it is time to go. And every single time something else showed up Mm -hmm. and I just said, yes. And so ultimately, I ran into someone at um, a casket company of all places. Right. Not many people work at casket companies in death care. I ran into someone who saw me in my initial role as a, a the leader of risk management for this organization. Saw me at an executive meeting because I worked with the board of directors yeah. and all of the executives at the subsidiaries, and came up to me and said, "Have you ever thought about being in HR?" I was like funny. You should say that <laughs> I was actually thinking it's time for me to go. Cause this is, you know, they're paying me a lot of money to just do reports. This is ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought about HR and then the rest is history. And he's still a mentor of mine, by the way. Wow. And so I, I found myself actually coming full circle. Cause if you think about human behavior, psychology, all of that kind of stuff, you need that mm. in HR and, and being a non-traditional, having come from a business place. Yeah. All of those moves and the consulting and the audit enabled me to speak the language of business, to be able to be very invested in how the business operates. And the way my mind works is you're a business person first and an HR person second, because if there's no business, Business. there are no jobs, right? And so that really, all of those things along the way, when I look back Mm. were the things that enabled me to be such a good HR person in a particular Mm a global director or global VP of HR strategy and analytics because yeah. yeah. I get the strategy and the data piece and how it ties to people. So, and then I just got tired of corporate, right? I just couldn't do it anymore. <laughs> I couldn't do it anymore. It was just toxic. Right. And yeah. so then I just decided to go and said, step out on faith. And I just, I gave them plenty of notice and yeah. and I knew it was yeah. time yeah. because when I made up my mind, I wasn't upset. I wasn't upset. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't fearful. Yeah. I went, it was just time. And you know because of the way i did it and i think because of divine intervention god always has a plan mm. um they actually panicked yeah and i was like i'm leaving you it's february you've got till may yes. <laughs> right i'm, yeah, I'm being yeah. nice you have got until may yeah um but they hadn't really been paying attention to me as an employee and mm. so ended up that they they asked me to stay longer I stayed till the end of the year and um that actually ended up funding my start of my business because I'm like i'm I'm not staying any yeah. longer than that yeah. but yeah. here's what it'll take for me to stay yeah. past yeah. my date yeah um and and I was ready to walk away
0: yeah I was ready to yeah. walk
1: away and yeah. and that made a difference right yeah. so yeah. long story short it's been circuitous but it all seems to have locked into where I am now.
0: And you know what, I listened to you and I'm thinking there's so much gold in what you've said. And then I saw another, re- and another, another part where we again had our paths similarly crossed. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, your dad, tells you to get a good job, literally, you need to get a good yes. job, the old adage. And yes. how many women, um, midlife, mid-career women, find themselves in roles not of their choice, Yes, but because of family, because of family or influence and something like that, you know, what does a good, what defines a good job? Right. You know, it's not necessarily the the field, the part. What defines a good job? Mm-hmm. And I often say that, but definitely for definitely for us Black women, um, right. and I find that whether we were Caribbean, whether we're you know right. um, American, mm-hmm. it's sometimes we're, we're making our we're making our parents look good. Yes. You know, so they can have bragging rights about look, this is what this is, this is what my daughter does, and et cetera. Right. Et cetera. And then what you did, you said there's a few things, I'm trying to remember them now, having a senior right. moment. Right. Um, when you talked about um oh, the swervy career. Yes. That you know, it's never linear. This thing where you're gonna you're gonna start at the bottom and make your way to the top, that's no, no, that's not that's anymore. not that's not realism. That's not right. what we do. You don't stay in a job for life anymore. But no. the positive of that is that that As you've demonstrated, the different experiences gave you transferable skills that you can use in other roles, which is still helping you now as an an entrepreneur. Absolutely. And then last, the last one I took out of that was having a plan because I too Mm -hmm. gave notice. I gave six Mm -hmm. months notice. Mm -hmm. And whereas they didn't force me to stay, the restructure we're going through, they loved me so much and 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 revered that's what revered. Yeah, revered. I take the word revered. Right. they actually gave me a package. Yeah. When I didn't ask for it, but like you, I'm done. Right. I'm done. You know, this is the ice and the cake. Thank you very much. Of course I'll take it. No, I'm not going to say no. Right. (laughs) Yes. Oh dear. dear dear. So Laurel, in all of that change you've been through and the different swerves, the different types of Mm -hmm. the the reinventions. Yes. What do you think has been your greatest
1: reinvention and why? You know, that's a really good question because I believe I've had several. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, the, the biggest one is the most recent, right? Leaving yeah, yeah. from corporate into entrepreneurship because I was just having this conversation with a girlfriend yesterday is that, or this morning actually, is that there's something about the the history, the ancestral experience hmm. in particular of black people in the U S and, and yeah. anyone who was in that African diaspora that started with kind of the slave ships, right. Yeah, and yeah, and yeah. colonialism and, and almost being indoctrinated the right used the word, not the way it's getting used in the U S right now, yeah. but indoctrinated with this idea that you work for someone, you grow yes. to work for someone, yes. Yes. right. You go to work and you make sure you go to work, you got to show up. And yeah. unless you're on your deathbed, you go to work, right. It's this, it's this idea of of having to work for someone else. That's what you do. Um, Right, wrong or indifferent, right? It's just like Mm -hmm. we have trouble with manufacturing Mm -hmm. right now because there was a Mm -hmm. generation of of parents that said, I want my kids to do better and don't work on a factory floor, right? So those those unintended consequences of of what we want better for the next generation. And so the biggest transformation I think right now for me has been this move from relying on someone else to pay me, to reward me for the work that I do versus, no, let me take my gifts somewhere where I have more control over them. I get to set the value of my experience and expertise, not my personal value, because no one can pay you enough for your personal value. But for my my expertise and my experience, I get to set that. I get to determine how I can show up and that I'm always aligned with my values, right? So this this has probably been the biggest one for mm-hmm. me, um, mm-hmm. in my in my entire career, is taking that right. big leap, yeah. right? Um, and I think the other one was really moving out of that very consultancy, more business-minded into HR.
0: Yeah, yeah. That was a huge, yeah. a huge yeah.
1: change, right? Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Fabulous, fabulous. So like me, another, another similarity, we are women over 50. Yes. Yeah. So what would you say is unique about, you know, and again, we both – change roles over the yes. years. So mm-hmm. what do you think is unique about pivoting um, mid-career, midlife? life the
1: challenges, opportunities? You know what? So people always said that something happens when you hit 50, when mm. you're a woman, you hit 50. Mm. And at 50, I decided there is not much that I still care about <laughs> related to somebody <laughs> else's opinion of me. Very little very little. I mean, it was literally like a switch flipped. Yeah, I thought, why am I entertaining all this drama? Right. Mm. So when you're beginning to make any kind of change, I think once you hit that 50, there's a whole different perspective Mm. on the importance of what you want and what you desire and what you know of you versus everybody else's opinion, kind of to what you said earlier. It's one of the things I work with my clients on is as you're trying to decide what you want your career to be, even if this is early career, if this is high Mm. school and Mm. you're trying to work with Mm. your kids on what they want to be when they grow up, Mm. what do you want to do? Yeah. Yeah. What do you want to do? Where are your gifts? Where is, what makes your soul sing and how can you put that in perspective? Yeah, Yeah. Because we do a lot of stuff because we're supposed to, or somebody else says we're supposed to. Yeah, Right. So once 50 hit, it's like, yeah, no, no. (laughs) I'm just, Mm. I'm I'm not, I'm Mm. not going to do that. Mm. Now I'm not necessarily going to be ugly about it, Yeah, And we're not going to have all big fights about it. But I am very particular now about what I let in my space. I'm very protective of that. Yes, Um, And because this entrepreneur journey is not easy. And if you didn't kind of come up that way, Mm -hmm. there has been so much learning. So if there are women in your audience who are really thinking about taking that leap Mm -hmm. from corporate to entrepreneurship, Mm -hmm. be ready. Because yeah. all of that head trash yes. that been yeah, through, yeah, through will show up the minute the only person you're relying on is you. you. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's going to yeah. show up. So be ready to do that work. Be yeah. ready to do that work on you. And so it's been the most difficult transition of my life, but it has also been the most rewarding because I'm willing to do that really deep work. And I have a great yeah. therapist. I'm very yeah. open about the fact <laughs> that I'm in therapy and I love it. I, I love it. It is, it is a way, it is self-care for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because corporate America is toxic.
0: Mm. It can be
1: highly toxic, especially for black women, mm. especially for black women, it can be toxic. And so there is trauma associated with that yeah. and allowing yourself to number one, feel mm. Mm. number two, recognize that you are not crazy. You're yeah. not crazy. Yeah. And three, making a choice. Cause you always have a choice and corporate will think yeah. you don't have one. They'll make yeah. you think you don't yeah. Yeah. You have a choice in how you show up. If you show up, whether you show up. Yeah. and whether you want to continue to show up for them yeah it's true so very very
0: very very true I mean just, i remember used to tell my younger counterparts in, cor- in when I was in corporate that I'm not on a tr- career trajectory. Mm-hmm. I, I enjoy what I do I have pride in what I do so I always deliver well but mm-hmm. whether you promote me or not, yeah. you know it, it's, it, it's not an, it's not an issue for me I already reached a level of success that I was incredibly happy with. Yes. You know, and even when they even when they offered me the CEO, CEO role the first time I said, no, mm-hmm. a number of reasons, a number of reasons, you know, yes. but I said, no, I still realized, well, why are you doing it? Yes. You're already doing the job. In essence, you might as well get the title and the, you know, and, and the money for it, because mm-hmm. you knew I knew my longer term plan, if I had this role would play into what I had. Yes. So it's about having that plan. You know, I can say I was the first of this. I was this, you know, okay. so it's it's, it's it's worked for me. But um, the, give a, the don't give a damn attitude, yeah, I'm with you on that. Yeah. What can you say about me? I'm, I'm over 50. I'm, I've been successful. What you say, you know, what you want in your career, what I want in my career, two different things. Exactly. That's down exactly. to you. My, and my values, my values in my 50s, sure as hell should not be the values I held in my
1: 20s or 30s. No. Yeah. They are very different. Yeah. They're very different. Yeah. And my value of me is yes. very different. Yes. 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 The value yes. of me is very different. I, I feel very differently about me. And mm-hmm. that's not to say I'm perfect and I don't have my moments where I'm like, oh, really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> is, mm-hmm. is that mm-hmm. what we're doing today? Right. We all have those moments. But I, at fundamentally, yeah. I am very clear on who I am. Yeah. I'm very clear. Yeah. I'm very clear on the things I do well. I'm mm-hmm. very clear on the things that I don't. Right. I don't have a poker face. I'm not getting yeah. one. I'm yeah, not no, a, true. I'm not I'm not working on it. Right. It's not worth it to me, but because I am self-aware, I also know the impact that we have on other people. And so since I don't have a, p- a poker face, that yeah. I am very conscious of the words I say and the tone I use. Yeah. So my face may be saying, you've lost your mind, but my words will say, now help me understand because maybe I missed something.
0: Yeah, totally. Right? Totally, <laughs> totally, totally. I love that. I love that. Yeah. So so Laurel, you know, thinking back when you were doing this, or you're going to this last transition from corporate entrepreneur entrepreneurship, mm-hmm. What did you, what, what regrets would you have
1: had if you didn't go for it? You know, I, they would have been huge because truly the transition for me was really non-negotiable. I mean, Mm -hmm. I was, I was so exhausted. I didn't sleep on a Sunday for five years, five years. It was constant conflict, um, a complete disconnect of values. You know, I, Mm -hmm. I, I'm not conflict avoidant at all. Yeah. I, I don't run away from conflict, but to be in it constantly, yeah. I just, yeah. I don't have that kind of energy. Yeah. Um, that introverted empath I am right. It's just, no. it's too much. Um, and so had I not done this, mm. I am very, very clear mm. that I probably would have, if I hadn't literally lost my mind, yeah. my health would have been in the toilet. I probably would have suffered yeah. a nervous breakdown. I yeah. have no doubt, yeah. no doubt in my mind. Yeah. It was that yeah. bad. Yeah. Um, it was time. It was just time. And, and I encourage people to Pause and really evaluate. Are you unhappy just because you're unhappy? Okay, then you can do something about that. But if it is truly like soul sucking, yeah, really evaluate. Is it is it me, and do I need have some stuff I need to work on, or is it just time to go and be okay? If
0: it's just time to go, yeah, absolutely. And and what I find is that um, your body has a way. Whether you're resisting mentally, your body has a way of making sure. So look, if you are not going to stop, I'm going to stop you. Yeah. You know, and having experienced that, yes. you know, it's uh, you know, it's like really wow. Okay, mm-hmm. I better, I better I better listen. Right. I better listen, take as you say, take stock and mm-hmm. reflect and stuff. And no, it's not yeah. menopause. It's not always no. menopause. <laughs> you know, that's it's a person, not. That. it's not always menopause. Yeah. You know, so re- it really is time to make that change. It really is time to make that change. And and that's why I love working with these women because they're at such a with the women that are in mid-career transition because they're at such a point in their life Mm -hmm. where they're reading, probably reading all the signs incorrectly and not maybe owning up to what it actually is because of fear. Yes. You know, from what, in whatever format it takes from financial, from the the prestige of your title and stuff like that, you know, right. they're just not, they're just not listening. So yeah. And habit, fear and
1: habit, right? Yeah, because definitely. We, definitely. Our habit is if it's not going well, okay, what could we do different? What did I not do? Yeah, How did I not say that right? Did I, I used to always be, I, I had a priest years ago when I first moved to Cincinnati, I really thought I was losing my mind. I thought I was having a nervous breakdown. And I remember talking to this priest going into to pastoral care. And I'm like, I just, I don't understand," and she said, "Laurel, what we've realized is that midlife crisis, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. manifests differently in women. We're not buying mm-hmm. cars and cutting our hair and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're in that position where we're like, I think I've lost my mind. I used to be able to do four hundred things at one time, and now I can only do two, yeah. or I'm tired all the time. It's like we lose some of our our our, our energy or our yeah. focus or what we think we have, yeah. and it's really just it is time to transition into something that is more reasonable." That's what that is, right? To get to who our true self is. It's not about no longer being capable Mm -hmm. or having lost your mind or any of that. Um, There may be some of that, right? Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. yeah. It's really about this habit of it must. There must be something wrong with me. There must be Mm -hmm. something wrong with me because I used to be able to handle this, and now I can't. So something's wrong. And and I encourage you guys if when you first hear that, stop short circuit it. Yeah short circuit it. That is not necessarily true. Go back and see what's really going on and then determine what the real situation is because Mm -hmm. the stories we tell ourselves are not necessarily true. They're not necessarily true. Thank you. Thank you.
0: You know, I'm sitting here going through my mind, listening to you and I'll keep seeing that is my head nodding. And I feel like that the, the, the dogs on the dash, right? the, the head dog. <laughs> the like, oh, my goodness, will your head stop bobbing, you know, right? but, but it's such great content. So listen to what she's saying. Like, so listen, what she's saying, ladies. Yeah. So you've been obviously, well, from what I can see you've been successful throughout your career, throughout your career, but Laurel, um, how has
1: failure made a positive difference in your life? Wow, you know, I would say, and I've had many, many, many. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think you can get to where you and I both got to without them. That's, yeah, definitely. And and one of the things that was key for me, because we when we grew up, our parents were like, even if you have nothing, if you have a good name, you have everything. Mm-hmm. And so because I am self-aware and because I am, I own my own stuff, yeah. I've always been a person that's like, oh, okay, I messed that up, I'll yes. I'll fix it. Right. Mm-hmm. Or I don't know the answer to that but I'll find it. And so mm-hmm. one of the biggest failures that I had recently we we were implementing a, a huge new payroll system. Mm. And um and my vendor just laid down on me, completely laid down on me. Now, for context, we had spun off the entire organization. So not only did I have to build my team mm. from just business partners to a full-blown HR department, but mm. then I had to help all of the other organizations that were back office yeah. fix theirs and do it the right way, and make sure yeah. the right, I mean all of that kind of stuff, right? And getting people to do project, big projects who had never done big projects before. Cause I came out of consulting, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we had this vendor. I was relying on some folks to do some things. And I just just I have to own the fact that I just wasn't as close to it yeah. as I should have been. Mm. I I trusted but my trust, but verify piece was off. I wasn't mm-hmm. doing nearly as much verification. And so, and, and I've worked with vendors before and I've been a vendor and mm-hmm. there was something in my mind that said, mm, <laughs> something, this doesn't sound right. But I was yeah. so busy trying to manage all yeah. the balls yeah. 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 that I thought, nope, my team has got it. They didn't. Um, and not because of, um, of intellect, mm. experience and exposure to big projects. Yeah. Yeah. Also, yeah. not everybody has the same willingness I have to just speak truth to power. You you know, it it was acceptable. Yeah. And so that was huge. I mean, we ended up having the whole team ended up staying that night. And they, I'm telling you what, that team made it happen. They stayed overnight. We hand wrote checks for folks. Well, you know, electronically. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. For people, not a single person missed a paycheck. Not a single one. Yeah. But it was all manual, right? And then we had to go back and deal with the vendor. But that was a big failure because then I had to stand up in front of all of our people Mm. on a town hall Mm. and say, here's what happened. Yeah. Here's how we're going to do it differently. And oh, by yeah. the way, we called it an auditor. I wanted to make sure not only did we get you paid, but that we didn't miss anything. Yeah. So called it an external, yeah. and whatever happens, happens. Yeah. And the comp committee, you know, ENY and Y came in. They're like, "Well, one, this is the most complicated payroll we have ever seen." I'm like, "No, I know. We're trying to clean that That's up." Wage. Yes. Um. And yeah. two, no, your payroll is absolutely accurate. So for me, the learning in that failure was number one, don't forget to trust but verify. Yeah. Yeah. Trust, but verify. Yeah. No matter how busy you are, find time to trust, but verify. Two, make sure your folks, when you know that they don't have the same ability or courage or desire to speak mm. truth to power, that you make sure that the door is open so that you get early notification of a problem. Mm. And then three, never, 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 never kowtow to a vendor ever. Yeah. 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 You're paying. Right. You're paying. Exactly. And then and be ready to own it. And so I stood up there with full confidence. I answered every question. I took took everything because I was ahead of HR. Right. You know, and so while while responsibility rolls downhill, right? My Mm -hmm. people were responsible for making stuff happen. Yeah. I'm accountable. Yeah. I'm accountable to the whole organization as a leader. And so that failure really brought all of that home again. It's Mm -hmm. like stuff you know, but until Mm -hmm. you experience, you don't Mm -hmm. have to live it. Um, So those are kind of the three things that I would say, just make sure you trust, but verify, make sure you create space for people to do it. Keep your vendor, hold them accountable. Mm Because we also found a lot of leakage because vendors weren't being held accountable. Yeah. Make sure you're holding vendors accountable and then be ready to step up. If you are grown enough to be in the role and you are grown enough to be accountable for everything that happens and that can be difficult, but if, but a true leader and a servant leader takes the good and takes the lumps Mm -hmm. and just owns Mm -hmm. it.
0: Mm.
1: And, and you mentioned there about speaking, being
0: confident enough to speak truth to power. Yes. Mm-hmm. Is that something
1: you've always had or something's evolved with maturity, do you think? You know, I've had, the, I've had people ask me that before. They're like, why do you do that? How do you ask the questions you ask? Um, One, I am naturally curious, yes. which means I am, yeah. I've always been very, very open. That's one of the reasons yeah. I call it, the Rutler's perspective. I, I yeah. believe you have to get a lot of information to, to develop your perspective. Mm-hmm. But the other piece of that is my parents really always held us accountable. And mm-hmm. if we did something wrong, Bonus. the first thing you did was have the conversation. I'm like, please yeah. just, just ground me or beat me or whatever. Yeah. Right. No. I don't want to talk no. about it? <laughs> but they forced you to have a conversation about, well, why, and yeah. what was your part in this and yeah. how did you? And so in that conversation, when you, when I felt like, no, I was in the right here the hardest people to speak up to can be your parents, especially if they're disappointed or they have an idea that somebody's wrong. So learning then to say, no, 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 I did that to this person because they did this, 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 and it just wasn't right. It was Mm -hmm. out of integrity. It wasn't right. And I felt like I had to say something. And Mm -hmm. so that ability in the very beginning to not necessarily justify actions, but to explain your perspective of why you did something then gave me an opportunity to go into every, every situation and say, We're going to put it all out on the table. Yeah. yeah. Good, bad. We're going to put it all out on the table because no matter what decision we make, I'm going to walk out of here. We're all going to be on Mm -hmm. the same sheet of paper. I'm not the person you have to worry about going against the decision. You're not going to hear that from me. I'm also the person that's going to be very clear that we had that conversation. And when it goes wrong, I've already got a plan B because I knew better, but I never have to say, (laughs) I told you so. Never (laughs) the conversation. Right. So I speak truth to power very early and Mm. in a way that is collective in a way that is respectful and hopefully in a way that people can actually hear it. Because, because the other thing about speaking truth to power that I think people confuse is speaking truth to power is not about somebody's character. Yes. Speaking truth to power is about addressing a behavior that Mm -hmm. is leading to an outcome that is unacceptable. Mm -hmm. It is not a judgment on somebody's character at all. Mm -hmm. So those using that word you all the time, I try to avoid you when I'm having those conversations. yeah. Yeah. You know, this is what happened. This was the outcome. That is not the Mm. outcome that was anticipated or desired. So Mm. there's something else that has to happen next time. And and because I don't use that you, it sounds less accusatory and I can help focus it. And so if you're speaking truth to power, what is the issue? It's not them, although they may be a big piece of it yeah speak truth to power means you are addressing an issue and so it was very early it was formed very early on for me excellent thank you thank you for that so laurel
0: if thinking back now at whatever point if you had to start over from scratch knowing Mm -hmm. what you know now Mm -hmm. what would you do differently
1: i honestly Mm -hmm. i don't think i'd do anything differently hey cool I really don't think I do anything differently. I mean, there, there are specific actions, you know, like decisions I may have made a little different, but I would still have, I still would have taken the jobs that I took. Right. I still would have um, gone to the places I went uh, because all of those experiences have enabled me to do what I'm Mm. doing now. Mm. And so if I could tell anyone, anything is give yourself the, the, opportunity to have the value that comes mm. out of insight, right. From that postmortem, yeah. right. From, yeah. from looking backwards, you don't want to stay in the past, but the ability to look backwards and see how all the dots connect. Yeah. If you look at it with an open mind and, mm-hmm. and a spirit of what did I learn? How did that yeah. build me? Um, I, I can think of maybe individual actions and I'm like, Oh, maybe I should have yeah. said that because yeah. 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 I'm a type eight, right. Ooh. Three years ago, I should have said right. Yeah. <laughs> so there's that, but no big. I wish I'd done that different
0: because
1: no. it, it enabled me to do what I'm
0: doing now. Yeah. I, I, you know, I always I always tell people that I don't want to live life with regrets. Yeah, I don't want to woulda, shoulda, coulda. Mm-mm. You know, I'm gonna do it, and that's it. That was my choice. That's what I did. I'm not gonna have. Was, I'm not going to not do it if it's something I want to do. You know, and I live. I live with the consequences. Good, bad, or indifferent. Absolutely.
1: But I did it. Yes,
0: yeah. I agree. So, Laura, I'd love you to finish this sentence for me. True. Yeah. My best career advice for other women at midlife is?
1: My best career advice to women at midlife is be really confident in who you are. Yeah. Because you get to make a choice about what's important for you. Mm -hmm. And if you stand in that power, no matter what that choice is, you are not only able to handle whatever consequences come from the choice, but you are able to stand in your power of where that choice gets you in the goal that you're ultimately trying to achieve. So the mantra is trust yourself in this moment. You are enough in this moment. You have everything that you need. Fantastic. That may be the title of this podcast. (laughs) Fantastic.
0: Fantastic. So can we come down to our last few questions, Laurel? What are three things, what are the three things that you've learned about yourself during your
1: career? Mm -hmm. Um, So one of the things I learned about myself is I am very much, because I'm very aware, Mm -hmm. I have to be very careful when I'm a leader that my giving people space to learn and grow can often be seen as not being accessible. Mm -hmm. And just because I don't need a lot of handholding and time doesn't mean people who work for me. Don't Right, That was a big one. The second one is I have very little tolerance for lack of integrity, very little. Mm -hmm. And, and we're not going to lie and we're not going to rewrite history. We're just not going to do that. Not on my watch. And, because I am so adamant about that, it is very important for me to be able to um, be clear on expectations, yeah. mm-hmm. but also be able to manage those engagements in a way that doesn't necessarily reflect how irritated and angry that I am. Right, right. And then the third thing that I've learned is I'm actually really good at what I do, I have a superpower <laughs> oh, of. Finding dots, seeing dots, connecting things yeah. that other people don't see, and being able to truly speak that truth to power in a way yes. that can be heard, that is accessible, that's not accusatory, but that really does sit in that area of accountability. Mm-hmm. And, and it's taken me a long time to get to that place where I can say out loud, yes. I'm good at what I do. Yeah, I'm yeah. really good at what I do. And 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 there are things I'm not good at, but what I do, I am really good at what I do. And I love helping other people do the same. Excellent. Excellent. I love that. I love that.
0: So going to get you in the hot seat very soon. Um, Penultimate question
1: is what does success, Laurel, feel like to you? Success to me feels like freedom. Hmm. It feels like freedom. And I know that sounds really cliche, but being able to spend time with friends and family in a way that I'm present.
0: Yeah, yeah being
1: able to to truly serve to show yeah. up for people 100% yeah being yeah. able to to make an impact it's that freedom of mm-hmm. just being showing mm-hmm. up as me flaws and all all the time it's all me right mm-hmm. I'm not not putting the mask on anymore yeah yeah that's yeah. success for me. That's success. And, and don't get me wrong. I'm not talking about assimilation and appropriateness, right? There's hmm, such a thing hmm, as appropriateness, right? You hmm, really shouldn't be wearing overalls. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, there's, yeah. there's appropriateness. Oh, you should be wearing that because you're over a certain age. That too. <laughs> that too. Uh, but, but that ability to really be authentic and just be who yeah. I am. That's, yeah. that's success to me. That freedom to just yeah. be, to just fabulous, be. That's fabulous. You know what? I
0: know what you said is about cliche, but I think, as you said, at a certain point, there's things we that don't matter to us. Yeah. And freedom was one of my drivers, that I can be in control of me yes. and my direction, what I did, and have that time to do what I wanted to do and my terms. And, yeah, so I totally, totally it's not, not cliched at all, um, yeah. and I totally, I totally, totally get it. Yeah. So Laurel, my last question now okay. is if people
1: want to know more about what you do, get in contact with you, connect with you, how can they do that? Thank you so much for asking that question. Um, The easiest way, go to my website, laurelrutledge.com, and everything is on there. Yeah. Um, and then you can always email me, welcome at laurelrutledge.com. And I really pay attention to that email. Um, and of course the podcast, right. Yes, the, yeah. I'm the Rutledge perspective everywhere. So yeah. the podcast is the Rutledge perspective. The radio show is the Rutledge perspective. Um, my fireside show is the Rutledge perspective. Yeah. So you can find me on all of those platforms, but, but I'd love to hear from you. And if I can be of service, I love to be of service. And if I'm not your person, I have a great network. So I can yeah. probably connect you to somebody else. Cause yeah. it's not about me. It's about yeah. you. Yeah. And so go to laurelrutledge.com and you can find me. Thank you so
0: much. Thank you for that, Laura. It was great having this conversation with you today.
1: I loved it. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. So
0: wow, wow, wow. I told you it was a fabulous interview and I had so much fun chatting with her that I'm sure at another point we're gonna we're gonna connect again and chat some chat some more. Um, I was also a guest on Laurel's podcast, so I'll put a link to that so you can hear our conversation from her side of the microphone. Now, my takeaways from, from that interview that we had, I always like to give at least three pointers that really stood out for me, as you know. So my first would be where she said, the stories that you're telling yourself aren't always true. And that is so very true because so often we will have this impression or we'll create this impression in our mind as to maybe how we should how we should approach things or what we're telling ourselves. It's maybe a little bit part of the imposter syndrome. But when we check it and really look at the facts of what we're telling ourselves, it really isn't true. And, you know, I'm going to love the one where she's a piece where she talked about how your mindset changes when you turn 50. I have to admit, look, I'm over 50 and I make no bones about it. And I find it totally liberating to say, look, I'm in control of where I go now. This is my career. This is what I choose to do. I really don't give two hoots what you think about me right now because I am in control. And the last thing she talked about was how the disconnect of the values of her personal values with what work valued, caused her to go through some real, I suppose, mental uh, mental pain and drove her to consider, look, is this what I want to do for my career? And I point that out because I know so many women, so, so many women who uh, pretty much go through an existence with their careers or, you know, it's really, ch- their values have changed over the years, but they're in an environment or a, a role or a career that no longer suits them, but there's this fear this fear and habit, as Laurel said, that keeps them there. So, and you know, and that's the kind of women I work with. And you know what? That brings us really nicely onto my big announcement. And I really want to share this with you, with you first. So um, one of the things I get asked for is um, some place to chat, some place to connect with other like minded power trifecta women and i have set up the community um, just for mid-career black women this woman can this woman can community it's a community for women just like you black women mid-career black women over 40 who are unafraid to challenge the status quo who want to sort of advance their careers build you know build on their careers build on their life without shortchanging where they do without compromising on their values It's going to be, it is not going to be, it's a virtual space where, as I said, black women over 40 can connect freely, share their thoughts, get support with career challenges, network and hang out with like-minded women. Because I really believe that no woman should feel like they need to figure everything out on their own. You don't need to reinvent the wheel. But what you do need is you deserve a group of women who you can trust, who understand what you're going through, Definitely something I've picked up from my women in color, women of colour round tables and who generally want to help you succeed. So apart from the team in the corner, apart from having these women in your network, This Woman Can will also host tools specifically geared to women looking to keep moving up. So in other words, it's the place where you, me, and fellow mid-career black women can speak our truth, share our successes, advise on best practices, and get inspired and it's really easy it's dead simple it's free head over to jamisutherland.com and just click where it says join the community because i would really love to have you join us there so that's my big news and i really want to see you there because i'm really excited where we can go with this community so i'm going to sign off as always remember what i say if i can you can this woman can take care until next time and I'll see you in the community. Bye.